Hello, utility world. It's Kurt Moreland, associate publisher with Incident Prevention. And we're here with another edition of new products, innovative products and technology that's uh, shaping our universe. I am very happy to have with us as our guest, Laura Fudge with Telelink, and she is the CRO of the company. Hello, Laura, how are you today? I'm great, Kurt, how are you? I'm doing really good. Uh, I first met Laura at our Incident Prevention Safety Conference in Frisco, Texas, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but she was there as an attendee, and we got talking about Telelink and a little bit about their services, and I became really fascinated with it. Um, again, the tie-in to Valentine's Day is we want to give some love to our uh, lone workers. You know, I, anybody who's in this industry knows that workers can be uh, stranded in an aerial truck if there's a, a, a hydraulic failure or um, in, in other remote areas. So this is a subject that's near and dear to us. And Laura's going to inform us a little bit about what Telelink does and some of their solutions. So with that, Laura, um, tell us how Telelink got started. Great question. So um, Telelink got started back in the 60s as a traditional answering service. So we were taking calls after hours, 24-7 sometimes for doctors, dentists, things of that nature. And it was just a local-based business at first. And, you know, since that time, uh, we just took on more and more clients, grew kind of across Canada into the U.S. And then we started getting requests from different companies asking if we could, our, our agents could uh, help them with their loan workers. So this was in the early days before there were all the fancy, you know, gadgets we have now. And basically someone would, if they were working alone, they would call into our center, speak to one of our agents, start a loan worker timer, and then the agent would uh, would follow up with them if they didn't check in and on the hour kind of thing. So it started off that way, and we just got more and more requests for those types of um, those types of customers. And before we knew it, we had a completely different division in our company, which is now Telelink Emergency and Safety. And that division now, I mean, it's it's evolved far beyond just traditional phone-based um, loan working. And now it's, you know, there's all kinds of smartphone applications and personal worn devices um, and all of that backed by our 24-7 monitoring team. So we've traveled a long way from the initial beginning of, of answering phone calls, but it's uh, it's been a really interesting ride. That sounds good. Now, one of the things I really enjoyed about our conversation was that you do not sell products. You are a service provider. We, we don't manufacture or produce any, any products. We distribute them. So our model is one that we've chosen um, very strategically. So something that we noticed in the market, you know, when it comes to loan workers, there's, there's so many options. You can have a cellular device, a satellite device, a smartphone application, a wearable. There's, it's a huge amount of options. And a lot of companies who go out to the market and look for this, protect their loan workers, it can be really difficult just trying to decipher, you know, what product does what, which one is the right for you. And our forte has always really been monitoring um, that kind of sits behind all of those options. So what we've decided is that, you know, we're, we're really an unbiased advisor. So when we work with a customer, we have gone out, we've vetted those options that are on the market, some of those, a lot of those. 
Uh, and the ones that we really believe in, that we think are of high quality, that really serve a particular use case, we include in our arsenal of products that we can distribute. But no matter which product we recommend to a client, they know that it's coming really with an unbiased uh, recommendation because we have to really believe in it in order to recommend it. And no matter what options we, we do recommend, we can always have a consistent monitoring team uh, behind all of, all of those options. So it's a pretty unique business model. Sounds pretty good. Now, what are some of those options? I don't mean to put you on a spot, but I like if I was a, a customer coming to you um, and let's say I have a cell phone, but I know that if I'm a remote worker, I don't always have cell service where I'm at. So what are some of the other options that I, that I have to keep in, in contact or be monitored? A really popular option uh, is a satellite-based device. So, um, I mean, you can have loan workers in any, you know, you can have loan workers in the basement of a building, you can have loan workers in the middle of a city, but a lot of loan workers do tend to be those that are working in remote areas in the field. So communication is a big challenge. Having two-way communication when you're in a remote area like that is extremely important because if you get injured or you know you have some sort of health related issue you being that far away from help means you need to be able to ask for help when that event occurs and get help to you as quickly as possible that's only possible when you have two way communication so a lot of the devices that we source and implement for um, for companies who have these types of workers are satellite based and they enable the employee to communicate back and forth with our monitoring center uh, via the communication device. So those devices range. Some of them work almost like a walkie-talkie, but with texting. So they can text back and forth when outside of cell range. Some of them are much more proactive and will go as far as detecting if the employee has fallen, detecting if they've gone immobile, and proactively alerting us when that occurs. So there's a range. Um, and I'm, as you can imagine, the budget range is a lot as well, right? Generally, the more simplistic the device, the cheaper it is. And the more bells and whistles it has in terms of the proactive nature, the more expensive it is. But there's something really for all types of companies and budgets along that scale. Yeah. In preparation for this podcast, uh, I did a little research on your website. And I was surprised to see that you guys are already monitoring 30,000 loan workers. Yeah, I, th I think it's it's a lot more than that now, actually. Oh, um, but uh, I don't have the exact number here today. But it's it's a unique model. Again, the way that this monitoring works, it's, it's exception based. So it really take doesn't take a lot of people to monitor a huge number of employees because what happens is we only engage when an exception occurs. If someone starts a loan worker session, they check in on time, they don't fall or they, you don't have a man down based alert, that's fine. They, they kind of just do their thing and we don't have to engage on our end. It's when an alert occurs that our team engages. So the second that alert occurs, whether it's a missed check-in or it's a fall or it's a panic button pull or something of that nature, our team is on that right away. So the percentage of people who go into alert is actually very small compared to the number of people who are using the systems. So it really allows a, a core team of experts on our end to monitor a, a really wide number of users. Yeah. And you're working with a lot of top-notch companies and of course, covering utilities. One of the ones that stuck out to me, of course, was Hydro, uh, the Canadian Utilities Organization, 
Um, there was a white paper on your web website. I didn't read it, but could you tell me a little bit about it and your work with them? Yeah, so Newfoundland Hydro, um, they have a, a lot of employees that go out into the field, like a lot of hydro organizations, you know, they have, um, they get dispatched out to repair uh, damage when we have severe weather events. And in Newfoundland, we have crazy weather. So, you know, these individuals are going out in extremely adverse weather conditions, could be any time, day or night. And where we live, if you're driving in the nighttime, you're at risk of animal strike, then you've got, you know, the weather in on top of that. And then if you're working alone, that's a really high risk situation. So um, the hydro company here also faced the issue that, you know, we don't have great cell coverage in a lot of areas. There are a lot of remote areas. So they needed a two-way device that would give those employees two-way communication in those remote areas. But they also wanted that added measure of having a third party like us monitor those employees for their safety while they were working in those situations. They actually have a 24-7 team internally that monitors their systems, um, like a lot of utility you know, organizations do. But that team is really focused on the system, on the grid and uptime. So if they have you know, an outage occurring where they're worried about the system, Having them also now have to worry about, okay, did this loan worker check in? Did this one check in? Is, has a panic alarm gone off? It's really difficult to do both of those things at once. So having that outsourced to us and have us do the monitoring gives them the peace of mind that, okay, when our employees are out in these risky conditions, we don't have to worry. Telelink's got their back. Yeah, so that's the that's the big thing is that makes you different from, you know, be, being like, like I'm showing my age here, the, the age of pagers, you know, uh, or satellite services is that you guys actually provide 24 seven worker monitoring. Yeah, we do. We've got a, a dedicated center and it's, you know, it's not just monitoring because there's, there's a lot of um, traditional call centers out there that will, that will offer this. Um, but it's done by the same team that that does kind of general call intake. And, and initially when we started, we were we were like that, too. But what we have done is we've become such experts in this. We have this unique division that does nothing but monitor these technologies. So these agents are, you know, incident command system trained. They go through drills and exercises. They specialize in this. So, you know, when an incident occurs, you know that there's someone who is calm, cool, collected, trained to handle those situations, knows how to dispatch emergency responders and work with those teams, knows the right words and terminology to use. They're experts at what they do. I love to travel. I've been all over the United States and Canada, but I've never been to Newfoundland. Uh, tell me, what when, I, when I'm up there or our listeners are up there, what should we be doing? What should we be checking out? Oh, it's a great place to visit. Um, and for anyone who's not, you know, immediately sure where it is, it's the most easternly point of North, North America. So if you look at Canada and go all the way east, there's this little island out in the middle of the Atlantic. And that's where we are. Um, and so, you know, being an island in the middle of the Atlantic, a lot of what we have is ocean based, but a lot of people come to see the icebergs. So we get icebergs every summer in Newfoundland. So a lot of tourists come in June and July to um, to do, you know, boat tours and see those icebergs, whales. We have a lot of whales um, and some beautiful coastal hiking. So a lot of ocean based tourism. Polar bears? In Labrador. So the Newfoundland and Labrador is, is the whole province. Newfoundland is like the island portion. And then Labrador is kind of affixed to the main 
uh, Canadian mainland. And Labrador does have polar bears. Absolutely. Wow. That's pretty cool. You know, I know where you are now because I watched this really cool documentary on they laid the first fiber optic cable, I think, went from Newfoundland across the ocean floor to Europe, which which was the first fiber, right? Yeah, you're right. That is cool. See, and that relates to utilities as well. (laughs) There you go. So um, the other thing I was going to ask you about is I love a good uh, celebrity encounter story. Um, Have have you ever bumped into any any, uh, so-called celebrities while you've been out traveling around? Yeah, I've, I've airports seem to be where I always run into them and not, you know, a lot by any means, but I've had a few interesting ones over the years, but the one that always sticks out in my mind is Bill Nye, the science guy. So, um, you know, anyone in, in my age, you know, mid to late thirties, forties probably have grown up watching Bill Nye, the science guy and anyone older probably has kids (laughs) that grew up, um, you know, watching Bill Nye, the science guy. And, I've always been a big fan of him. And I, I ran into, um, well, I sat down next to him in Vancouver airport a few years ago. He had just released a brand new book and was on a book tour. And I I was almost sure it was him, but I was too afraid and nervous to to look or to ask. So I just kind of sat next to him in a seat and tried to like sneak a look out of the corner of my eye. And I could see he had a bow tie on and he's very famous for wearing fancy bow ties. So I was like, Oh, it's him. I know it's him, but I was too afraid to say anything. And then he just got up and walked away. And as he walked away, I could see it was clearly him. So what I was he, him briefly for a moment. What was he reading? Was it a science book? I can't remember. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I ever really got a look at the book that he was reading, but I'm sure it was something very intellectual and scientific. Yeah. Well, I was waiting for you to impress him with your science of telelink. If I worked up the courage to talk to him, I might have been able to do that. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. So, yeah, so tell the links. But how long have you guys been uh, at this now? I think since the 1960s, right? Yeah, 1964, 65, we started. Um, the lone worker piece came into it probably around the 80s. There was a, a big explosion of oil and gas activity in offshore Newfoundland in the 80s that brought a lot of new types of companies into town and those companies had a big safety focus so those were the ones that really wanted those um those loan working type of services and um and then from there it it evolved you know really really quickly and rapidly so we've been we've been doing the loan worker stuff since probably about the mid 80s that sounds good let's get back to uh, uh frisco texas you were an attendee at the incident prevention at our at our conference tell me as an attendee um First time attendee, um, what what was uh, some of the feedback? Uh, what was were you impressed with the quality of the the educational programs? Oh yeah, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, especially as we we attended for the first time to try and scope it out and see, you know, is this is this really a fit for us as as a supplier to this industry? And but also we really wanted to learn about the industry as well. Um, you know, we had a, a lot of success with utilities in Canada, but we suspected there were probably, you know, some pretty big differences between the Canadian and the U.S. market. We wanted to learn more. Um, and the quality of the sessions was just phenomenal. We, we walked away with, with a ton of learnings. But one of the things that really stood out to me, too, was the nature of, um, how do I explain it? I guess it just seemed like it was a community, not a conference. Like there was a community of safety professionals 
from this industry committed to helping each other. You could tell that a lot of people knew each other, you know, for long periods of time, saw each other, I guess, each year at this conference. And I walked away with the sense that, you know, this is a place where you can forge partnerships and friendships where, you know, if you've got a problem, you got someone you can call because, you know, you see them every year at this conference and everyone is there trying to help each other. So it was, I was really impressed with, with the conference overall. Yeah. You know, that's one of the great things of face-to-face uh, uh, conferences is that networking is, is incredible. Yeah. And I think you get that at a, this is a really perfectly sized conference um, with some of the real, real big ones, like, you know, some of the general safety conferences that are not industry specific, you've got like 10,000 attendees sometimes, and there's just no way to make meaningful connections or, you know, meet your peers in those types of scenarios. So I think with the size of this conference, it's, it's ideal for that. So you were there as a utility safety consultant, somebody who works with utility safety managers, shoulder to shoulder, and then saw an opportunity to um, become a vendor, to be an exhibitor. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be exhibiting in Orlando uh, and then again in Glendale. Um, And we just, you know, for us, we, we really work with um, companies, utility companies that strive for safety excellence, as opposed to what I would call, I guess, safety compliance. You know, some companies, want to do kind of put something in for the minimum other companies are like no we want to strive for safety excellence and those are the types of companies that are investing in loan worker programs and so when we were there and we saw you know the the people that were attending it was clear to us that the people attending were from organizations that are committed to safety excellence if they are investing in their people and their safety leaders to send them to this conference then that's what they are striving for, safety excellence. So it was really a perfect place for us to be, to meet, you know, those those people and um, and that target market for us. Yeah, utilities want the best uh, for their workers. And that takes us full circle back to the Valentine's Day and showing love for their, uh, their loan workers and employees. So Laura, uh, let's wrap up a little bit. And uh, how can our listeners uh, learn more about Telelink's unique services? How can they get a hold of you? Best best thing to do is just go to telelink.ca. If you go to telelink.ca, um, you're prompted to go to either our ANSING or our emergency and safety division. You go to our emergency and safety division uh, on the website, and we've got a page just for utilities. So you can go to a page that is full of information just for utility companies um, on our loan working options. It's got tons of educational resources as well. So, you know, for people who are already committed to this and want a solution, yeah, all the info is there, but there's also a lot of educational resources, like a po- example policies, best practices, all kinds of good stuff. So that's probably the best place to start. Um, I'm really uh, active on LinkedIn, so you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn if you have any questions, and we're always happy to, to help. We have a very consultative um sales approach, I guess we'll say. So, you know, just because you're not ready to invest in a solution doesn't mean we don't want to help you. We we would love to get you, you know, any information you need to even to just get your toe in the water in terms of uh, implementing a loan worker policy, for example. So by all means, please feel free to reach out. Yeah. And how are you guys set up in the States? Do you have representatives or any offices in the United States? 
We do everything virtually. So all of our operations are in uh, Newfoundland, our monitoring center, um, our team. We've got a few team members, you know, that that work kind of virtually throughout Canada. Um, but we've got a bunch of customers already uh, in the U.S., all across North America, really. And even some of our Canadian customers are more international in scope and have uh, employees that we are monitoring all throughout North America. So um, we do most things virtually, but our team here in, in Newfoundland does do a fair bit of traveling uh, to meet clients throughout the United States as well. So as I said, we will be there in Orlando, we'll be there in Glendale. Um, and, you know, the past, as I'm sure everyone knows, the past couple of years has been pretty limited from a travel perspective with the pandemic, but uh, we're hoping to be on the road a lot more in the next year or two. There you go. You can stop by booth 420 uh, in Orlando, uh, April 26th through the 28th at the Carib Royale. If you've never been to the IP Utility Safety Conference, you should definitely uh, check it out on our uh, website and uh, come and visit us all and learn more about Telelink too. So again, I want to thank uh, Laura Fudge, the uh, CRO of Telelink for being our guest today. And just want to remind everybody out there to roll safe. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to hear more of our podcasts, go to our website at incident-prevention.com slash podcast to get more or search incident prevention wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time, stay safe.